we're going to do it today. I think the last time I used a prop, I, I threatened to hit people in the head with a stick. You, you made it out alive. Hey, we're, we're in our um, Mark series. We're, um, we're, we're heading into char- uh, Mark chapter 4. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> we're in our Mark series. Turn to John chapter 4. I almost said that, but, but I didn't. Thank you. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, these are... Uh, I thought if, if I could handle the, the walking stick, then, then we'll, we'll do a little bit more dangerous tools here this morning. Mark chapter 4, today's, um, today's message, we're just going to call it cultivating the heart. Cultivating the heart. And cultivating, you know, is a, is a gardening tool uh, term, a, a gardening uh, term or a, or a farming term, uh, often having to do with, with ground. And, and that's really where we're heading today is, is cultivating the heart, cultivating the ground. Here's the, here's the thought. To the degree that our hearts are prepared and receptive will be the degree that God's word grows in us and causes lasting change. So... Watch that one more time. To the degree that our hearts are prepared and receptive will be the degree that God's word grows in us and causes lasting change. And isn't that what we all want? The lasting change part, you know? There are, we'll, we'll talk a little bit here in a minute, but there are times when, when his, his word gets planted and, it, and, and there's some, some immediate stuff but the lasting change um, doesn't, doesn't take effect. And we, we, we don't want the lasting change. Um, Becky and I, uh, our family is in, in a relatively um, new, new house to us, anyways, um, uh, since, what, was it October? October we, we moved in. Um, before that, we were at um, uh, another house on a, what, I, I'm giving all the details you don't want, but busy corner, and it was great. It was a great place for, for us to start. But in the backyard, we had a garden, and uh, we started out with great intentions. <laughs> Thought, man, you know what? Like, we could like grow our own stuff, and like, and save save money, right? And uh, and then in a tape, that's like farm fresh, you know, except in the city. And then uh, and then Becky got pregnant, and and honestly, the garden. I mean, I was like, that's your baby. I mean, if you want a garden, I mean, I'll, I'll come out and help a little bit, but if you want, so she got pregnant, and it, um, I, I think there was morning sickness and all that type of stuff, and so the first season, like the garden, and, and then, and then it was like every season, she was either, either um, pregnant or nursing, pregnant or nursing, pregnant or nursing, we're like, this thing's not happening, this thing, in fact, the, the, the way I, the way I knew that it wasn't happening was, um, we went on vacation uh, one year, and we come back, and um, you know the the lawn the lawn's nice and everything, but the garden had like um, weeds and things that were literally like that tall. I mean, it was like it was a jungle, and uh, so I mean, it, it, anybody have a garden in here? All right, anybody good at it? All right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Honest people at least. So, um, so we had to, we had to do some things, um, and. Eventually, you know, it was it was surrounded by these these big um, uh, railroad ties, and uh, and and then so we but we wanted we thought you know what this is not, anybody have you, have you ever been where we were at and you're like this isn't going to happen, this just isn't going to happen, and you you have to be honest with yourself. So we decided this just isn't going to happen. So we got rid of the railroad ties, donated them to to family friends, and and then the the goal was this is going to just be more grass. 
Because right? I can mow, right? We could spray for weeds, and, and that's going to be a lot more manageable. So what we, so we had to, we had to do some things, you know. Um, we ended up like, like mowing down the weeds, spraying them so that everything's, everything's dead, and, and then, and then we had to, uh, we had to like break up the ground. In fact, um, I'll be honest, I didn't use any of these tools. Um, they're just props. <laughs> what I did was, what I did was, I uh, was I hired a guy. Uh, <laughs> They had a, <laughs> he had a, he had one of, one of the, what are, what are they called, those uh, rotor tiller things, and he, he come over, I paid him 40 bucks, I'm like, that was, a, that was a good spent 40 bucks, by the way, and you got, I mean, my hands are fairly soft. So anyway, he comes in, and he just, he works that thing, this machine. He's like down in and going. I mean, the whole, the whole thing, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a work. And, um, and actually, to be honest, he, he tilled that whole thing up, and we were, we were going we to plant, and then we didn't. And then, I don't know, it was probably like a year later, like he had to come and do it again, you know. But so that was a well-spent 80 bucks um, <laughs> on, on our garden area. But, but. Long story short, you guys want me to get to the point. Get to the point, Jonathan. We, we ended up planting, planting grass, and the, the soil was ready, and eventually it was just an extended part of our yard. Everybody is like, good, good job. That, saw that going differently in my head. Man, our... Um, we're going we're gonna to talk in Mark 4 about, about soils, but um, hopefully w- one thing you're going to catch here is that it, Jesus uses a parable here to describe our hearts. And, and it really is this. this is, it, it's, it's simple, but as you hear in just a minute, Jesus is pretty clear that if you don't get this parable, like you're not, it, it, nothing else is really going to matter. Like he said, this, this is that important, this parable. The parable, um, well, uh, a lot of people call it the parable of the sower, and, um, but really it's the parable of the soils. It's the parable of the soils. It's, it's uh, what kind of soil do you have in your heart? And at some level, for all of us to evaluate, is my heart cultivated to receive his word? Does that sound good? You guys ready? Mark chapter 4 um, Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. He did that often. I don't know. I think it could have even been the acoustics. In this, in this setting, he got into a boat, and the Bible says he sat down in the boat, and he started, started teaching. Everyone's on the shore. And, uh, and, and I like to watch, watch this. The crowd gathered around him. It was so large that he got into a boat, sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by what? parables and we're gonna we're gonna talk about a parable and in his teaching he said I I like this exclamation mark I used to think he was just being mean but I think he was just trying to like let his voice project listen that was Jesus on the boat he just said listen and he's probably talking at a fairly loud voice the whole time he says "A, a farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. 
so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. I want to stop there for a second. Um, the crowd that was sitting there only heard this first part. So there were, there were hundreds of people sitting around the edge. I mean, Jesus, you know, when I'm, when I'm preaching, I often will use some illustrations to help reinforce a point. You're like, oh, so I, I say it this way, plainly. I use an illustration, a story, or, or, or a prop, and, and, and it kind of reinforces. That's not why Jesus spoke in parables. He spoke in parables because he wanted people to lean in. He spoke in parables. In, in fact, you'll see, I didn't put the verses up here, but as you read along in, that, in, in your Bibles, you're going to see him, him saying, because though, though, though seeing, they really don't see. Though hearing, they, they really don't hear. And, and so he's like, the ones that, that were this parable, the mystery of this parable, right? Because imagine if you had a preacher and he stood up and he just shared that part and then was like, all right, time to, time to go. You're like, tell me, can I have more? Can I, can I have more? And what were the crowds really there for anyways? Yeah, they wanted, they wanted healed. They wanted to, like, like Aunt, Aunt Mabel's bunions needed to be healed, right? You know, and, and, and somebody, some, you know, their, their son or, or their nephew was demon-possessed, and they had heard that the miracle worker was in town. And so Jesus taught in parables because he, he was gonna, we were going to have a healing service and all this stuff, um, but he, he knew that, that there was something deeper, there was something more, and the more was going to come when people leaned in. When people started asking, well, Jesus, why do you speak in parables? What, when they said, hey, what, was, what did that mean? Like, you, you, like, you, you talk like a, uh, like confusing, <laughs> You just, you just you just share these these stories that are like you know you, you have to be super smart to get like what is this all about and jesus says well i'm glad you asked and this is actually why i talk in parables was so that you would ask so that you would entertain the mystery of the word the um the disciples in this story they get to have the meaning in other words, just like the disciples, Jesus invites us to lean in and listen close. We imagine we are like the 12 in this, mo in this moment. In this morning, you and me, the crowd didn't get this. This is part of the mystery. The crowd didn't get this part. Do you guys hear that with me? Like we, This is super special. There were hundreds of people sitting there, and Jesus didn't tell them that. Jesus tells us. You ready to lean in? It's pretty important. It goes on in Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Could you just, I don't know, if, if you have like an actual Bible with paper, would you take a pen or a highlighter? Would you underline, underline that? Would you, would you let that be something that you chew on? I, used to, I, I, I heard someone say one time, meditating on the word is like when a chow, a chow, a cow chews his cud, and he chews it and he swallows it and lets it come back up and chews on it again. Isn't that so, yum, yum? 
That's what you do with the word. Would you, would you let that part be something you chew on this week? When he says, if you don't understand this one, how will you understand any of them? That's Jesus' words. He goes on, he says, the farmer sows the word. All of a sudden, the, remember, the crowd didn't get this part. We, we get to lean in. We get to hear Jesus' heart. The farmer sows the what? The word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word. He actually takes away the word that was sown. And where was it sown? In them. We start to realize that he's talking about hearts. He's talking about the word being sown in hearts. Verse 16, others, like like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, thorns, hear the word, but the, watch these, maybe some of you are like me and you've felt this before, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and we're going to take an offering right now, no, I'm just joking, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Isn't that powerful? This is a key. This is a key to everything else. This is, this is, the, one, this is the one thought Jesus had, the, the one message he had where he would say, like all of us preachers, if you don't hear anything else, hear this, 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 this. This is it. This is it. Jesus said that the word of God is like a seed. This is what what David Guzik says. He's a commentator. And he says, Jesus said that the word of God is like a seed. It gets planted in our heart and then has the potential. Notice that. Has the potential to bear fruit. But not every seed grows into a plant and bears fruit. The kind of soil it lands on makes all the difference. You gotta hear that this morning. The problem's not with the what? Seed. Wasn't bad seed. The problem's with the soil. Watch this one. This is another quote by David Guzik. The natural tendency is for the audience to critique the preacher. But here, Jesus, the preacher, critiques his audience. The issue is how well they will hear, not how well he will preach. Now listen, I, at some level, it is, it, it, you need to critique the preacher at some level, right? That's not exactly what he's saying here. At some level, it's, it's good to, because you want to test the word, and you want to, um, you know, uh, I, I'm a fallible man up here. And so we have to, you need to do the hard work of testing what I share and what I teach. 
That's not, not what, he's, what he's saying. What he's saying here is that instead of sitting in a place of critique all the time, does that make sense? That there's a responsibility on your part to have hearts that are cultivated so that when the word goes out, it actually lands on good soil. In other words, my responsibility is to preach the word. I can walk out of here and feel clean before God. In fact, there's a, there's a verse in Isaiah 55 that says um, that uh, his word will go out and accomplish the purposes that it's supposed to accomplish, that it won't return void. So I could preach the worst sermon ever and go to my office and cry because it just didn't come out and everybody was just staring like, what? And I can, what can I say? I can say, it's, it's your word. Will you perform your word, God? I was just a sower. I was just a farmer that day. I just scattered seed. Will you do it? Will you perform your word? Does that make sense? Okay. In other words, this morning, hey, if we get to practice this, is your heart ready and prepared to receive the word? This is... Um, you know, th this definitely talks about salvation, but Jesus isn't specifically talking about salvation here. It's part of it. But the gospel is the entry point, the middle point, and the end point of our life. It is the whole thing. And, and so, yes, our hearts at some level have to be cultivated and receptive for that, the, the first time we hear the, the, the gospel and, and get saved. But, man, how many know that there are, ebbs and flows in your life where you are more receptive to the word than others <laughs> wouldn't you think that even if you've got your ticket to heaven your get out of hell free card your fire insurance if, 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 wouldn't you think even if you have that that it would be good to have a heart that's clear before the Lord so that you can be receptive to his ongoing word that's spoken in your life in my life I think so I think it'd be a good idea Your heart is the soil. How receptive is your heart to the Word of God? Why? Because there's a responsibility we have in making sure we're good soil for the Word of God. There is. Some, we, 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 we try to like just kind of skate through life and accidentally do this thing sometimes, don't we? You know, we're, we're not intentional. Don't raise your hand. Anyone a, procrast a procrastinator? Anybody like that? Oh, yeah, we got one on, on this person. I'm just getting around to it. Because there's a responsibility making sure we're good soil for the Word of God. Your heart is a garden. Um, I want to talk, I'm just, I just want to take a, a side note. This isn't what the whole message is about, but here's a side note because it applies, and I, I'd like you to maybe just, just, Take a mental note or write this part down because the first, the thing, the main thing today is I want you to focus on your heart. But at some level, when, when your heart is healthy, God's going to say, I want you to focus on somebody else's heart. Does that make sense? The, the, it's like when you're flying on an airplane and he says, you know, you know it, when the cabin pressure drops and the mask comes down, put it on, on whose face first? Yours. Take care of yourself. So this morning, would you look at your own heart first? We're not, you're going to hear this message. Someone's got to hear this message. Somebody's got to hear this. You, you, that's you. 
You do. I want you to, want you to that's, that's like 98% of today. But I want you to also hold on to this because somebody else does need to hear this message and use you to help with their heart. So on this side, now I want to talk about discipleship for a, mo- a moment. Would you throw up the, the slide? It's called the, the angle scale. Um, and there's, there's, there's a guy named James F. Angle that, that created this. And, uh, and this is a kind of a discipleship model, and I'm not going to go deep in it. I just want you to see this visually, okay? This is the journey. If zero is, is the, the, the lights go on and, and somebody um, is born again, right? If zero is the born again part in our walk with God, where we walk through the door of salvation and you know, that negative five part right there, like that would have been, you know, that would have been like, uh, um, you know, your uh, uh, right before, <laughs> right before salvation. In fact, those numbers should have been backwards. It should have been uh, ne- negative five to negative one, but that's all right. So, but imagine right before that, right before, that's just before, you are the most receptive to that life change right before zero. And then zero, oh, that is the starting point. So this is what happens. Like, you, the, the farthest over here um, to, the, to the left, the farthest number to the left is going to represent somebody who just um, doesn't, uh, like knows that there's a supreme being, but, doesn't, but that's about it. That's the farthest. And somewhere along this scale, there's more receptivity to, oh, there's, there's a God, and, and he maybe thinks about me, and the gospel, and there's this wrestling, and there's this, and somewhere along the line, you know, you, you may have even been part of that person's life, and, and you entered in at one, or two, or three, or whatever, and they're on this journey to get to that zero, but how many know zero is not the end point, it's just the beginning, okay, and so this parable of the soils that we're going to call it today, it, it includes salvation, evangelism, all of that, and your part in, in helping somebody get to that place. I, I like to say, like, what is your responsibility in helping cultivate the soil in someone else's heart? Okay? Ask that. Maybe write that question down. Lord, what's my responsibility in this? There, there's God's role and my role. There's the Holy Spirit in me. What is my responsibility in discipleship in helping cultivate the soil in someone else's life? Now, we're, we're not going there the most of today, but I wanted, I couldn't help but I didn't want to ignore that part And then let's just assume today that most everybody in this room has at least hit zero. Okay? Can we just assume that we're all at least at zero? I don't know where you're at on your spiritual journey. Maybe you don't know Jesus. I would love for you to talk to us today because because today's, today's your day. We've got the answers. Man, there's an answer. But let's assume we're all at least at zero. Man, I I just know that in my own life, there's been, there's been times when the soil of my heart has been more receptive to the word and less respe- receptive. We'll talk about some of these soils here. Man, oh man, I can remember times when it's just like, like you could plant anything and it's gonna grow. You guys remember some of those times in your life where it was like you could just, man, you, could, you hear a sermon, you're in the word, you, you, a friend shares it, and it's like it drops in, it goes immediately, and it's like miracle grow. And it's like, it's like one of those chia pets, and it just goes. I mean, you're like, how did this happen so fast? Man, there's some of you, 
man, maybe you're even in that season, but you, do you remember that? Do you remember when it was like the word dropped and it was like almost instant growth? And you remember life happened? You remember the pain? You remember the betrayal? You remember the loss? You remember the spiritual warfare? You remember the unexpected things that came in and got in the way? You remember when you didn't have money and then you did? You remember when you had to trust him for everything? And oh, now I don't. Watch this. He talks about the types of soils, the path. The first type of soil was the path. This is where the farmer's sowing seed. This may even be kind of accidental, right? Any good farmer's not sowing on the path, right? I, w- I would imagine. We've got a couple in here, and, and unless they're just kind of lazy. I don't know, right? Probably not. I've never heard a farmer be lazy. The path. The path. This, this, the, the path represents um, someone whose heart is hard to the word of God. The, the path is, is what gets trampled on. The, the, the path is, is packed down. The path, there, there, there's, no, there's no way that that seed's getting underneath the surface. There, there's no receptivity. Little or no openness to the word of God. Anybody ever, do you remember when you were like that? You're doing it. None of you, none of you, none of you in this room. Okay, you do. Thanks, come on, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk this morning. Everyone else can just listen in. Like, like, yes, yes. Do you know anybody like that? You know anybody in your life? And you're like, they just won't get it. Man, I've preached to them. I've shared the word with them. I brought them to church. They just don't get it. Can I just propose the idea that their heart is the path? It's actually going to take a miracle. The, the next type of soil was the rocky soil. The rocky soil represented no roots and shallow faith. In fact, to everybody else in this room, we, we see the, the rocky soil people and we think, that's awesome. Look, look at the joy. Look at the, look, look at the receptivity to the word. Look at the, the life. It, it, it shot up and it was like, it's doing, the word, the, the, the seed is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Uh, on the outside looking in, we see that. What we don't see is that there's rocks in their soil. Maybe, maybe these types of people, maybe they're hiding, maybe they're not in connect groups, maybe, they're, maybe they, they put on a front here. I don't know. Their, re- their heart's receptive to to the word, but there's rocks, and those rocks represent things. It represents the, 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 the things that are going to cause persecution and, and trouble because of what? What did the verse say? Because of the word. This is, this is the, the, the type of person where they, 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 go to, they go to school or they go to work or they go to the family reunion. They're, man, you're super excited and hear about the word and you go out there and you're super scared because somebody might not believe the same way I believe. And, and you may not be persecuted like they were in the, in the first century church. You, you may not be persecuted like they are in other parts of the world like China, but, but man, you, you might as well be because your heart is at that place like I can't share what's most important to me because if I share it, I'm gonna be persecuted. And the first time you do, those rocks get in the way and the word is taken away from your heart because you never really dealt with no matter what the cost God this is I'm, I'm all in for you this isn't just a good idea this is everything 
This isn't just a good idea. You are everything. You never quite got that part down. And so when pressure came, boom, he was snatched away. As soon as there comes an opportunity to stand for Jesus, where there could be even the least bit of resistance, you're done. Here, third type of soil. <laughs> Let's get some more encouragement. Maybe not. Thorny soil. Thorny soil. Man, this is where, man, I, I fall in here sometimes. You've probably fallen here sometimes, or at least you know somebody that, that does. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the, desire, the desires for other things. It's similar to the rocky soil, but this more has to do with loving and being devoted to other things more than God. Idols. This is where, where I, I mean, we don't, we don't like have graven images like set up in our house and stuff like that. We don't burn incense and like bow down on cushions or anything. But listen, this is where that's at. This is that. This is that heart check, that inventory thing that says, "God, is there anything more important than you?" And you know how you're going to find out if there is. I hope this doesn't. I hope it not. It's not for you. This doesn't happen to you. I hope it doesn't happen to me. But, but one of the one of the ways, unless you're intentional right now, unless you say, "God, search me. God, show me." Uh, the the way you find out. Listen, church. The way you find out. The worries of this life. The deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things, and one day you wake up and you are so much farther than you plan to be. And now it's like the rich young ruler that comes to Jesus and says, what must I do? And he says, sell everything. What did the rich young ruler do? He's like, yes, yes, yes. It's all no, he didn't. He wasn't excited about that. The Bible says he turned away sad. Don't let that be you. W would you let God do spiritual inventory right now? Would you, would you let it be? It's not, it's not bad to have things. It's just bad for things to have you. Like, like would you just say, God, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing more important. I, I, I hold on to things loosely because I, I want to just be, I want to be a funnel for things to come in. Lord, I, I don't want to be worried about the things of this life because I just trust you and I love you. There's pressure that's going to come. I can't help that pressure is going to come, but I'm not going to be so focused on the pressure that I miss you god oh because i'll tell you church myself included if we don't cultivate this if we don't take the time with the right tools and cultivate that soil that word is going to be snatched away i've known many people in this category man i'm remembering students that I've uh, been part of helping disciple and I remember different people that um, man, I watched them I watched them I watched them with the when the light bulb went off I watched them in worship with tears rolling down their face and hands lifted high I watched them on their knees I watched them sharing the gospel I watched them even even those that I trained and they, and they would share testimonies in front of crowds and and they would they would uh, preach the gospel i watched them do this man it was like man you want those people on your team man if you're if you're gonna pick a team you want i watched those people maybe there's some of you and then man i'm thinking of one person right now i'm pretty sure she's she's an atheist now at least she claims to be and others that are just living far below the standard and, and others that are 
turned their back completely on God. And I'm like, like what happened? What happened? And I don't, we're not going to get into theology. Were they ever saved in the first place or did they lose their salvation along the way? Does it matter? Man, that soil was not cultivated. At some level, I take some responsibility and I'm thinking, man, I, I had them in my care for a while and, and somehow, but man, it's not all on me. It's also on them. But they didn't do the hard work of cultivating the garden of their heart and one thing led to another and the all-star on God's team just crashed and burned. So what do we do? Man, this is kind of a, this message today is kind of a, like a sneak peek. Where we're going to go in a, in, a, in a few weeks and months is I'm going to do some messages that really talk about um, our hearts. Really talk about doing the hard work of the gardening right? They're going to be super like, like, like Holy Spirit goosebump type, <laughs> right? You're like, oh, hard work. <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, no, none of us like that. But, um, but I, I, I want to, I want to pastor a church that is healed and whole, healthy, and, and uh, I, I, I think, man, the fruit of that, of the majority of us saying, man, we're, we're clear in our heart, and we're receptive to the word, I mean, what would that look like? I, I want that. And so, so we're going we're gonna to have some series coming up that's going to just go after some stuff. It might be a couple months down the road, but I'm, I'm planning those right now. So today, I'm, I'm just going to, this isn't going to go wide. It's just, I'm just going to, I mean, it's not going to go deep. It's going to go a little more wide of, of just a few of the things. Like, like the one thing that comes to mind is do the hard work of forgiveness. I mean, it's not like, like number one, so one of the one of the youth we were we were they were at our house we were having youth at our house and and the verse came up if you don't forgive Jesus can't forgive you and they're like ah eh, that doesn't make sense I thought he always forgives like he does if you forgive like I don't know how that verse all works out but I know he said it I have a sense that it it's not as much of a salvation thing as more of a quality of life thing. But I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to find out <laughs> that day. You know what I'm talking about? Like I wouldn't want to find out that day, like the judgment day. I wouldn't want to. And so he sets the example, Jesus does, where he's betrayed, he's hurt, there's, things that happened to him, people, all kinds of things that went on in his life, and he's on the cross, dying, and what's he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Some of his, some of his last words were about forgiveness. And I encourage you, do the hard work of forgiveness. I'm not shooting this at you, but if you don't, if I don't, at some level, my heart and your heart isn't going to be receptive to his word. Do the hard work of cultivating the hard places. 
the, the rocky places, the thorny places. Like, uh, do an inventory. Lord, Lord, is there anything more important than you? Get your journal out, write the question down, and say, Holy Spirit, put your pen down. Holy Spirit, is there anything that, that, that by time or money, by energy, quantity of time, money, something, is there anything that just that would seem like it is more important than you in my life? And let him show you the two or three hundred things that pop on the list. And then take one, one at a time. Don't get overwhelmed with the whole list. Take one at a time. Start removing, remove that stone. Remove that thorn with Holy Spirit. And just start, start the process. Just start the process. Becky Jones, you can start coming with your team. How do we apply this? Here's another thing is, can I just, I think this would be a good starting place for all of us in this room. This would be, this would be a good, I, I would listen to this. Would you just be open to, to God cultivating your heart? Would you be open? You, some of us, we're at varying levels of degrees on our journey with the Lord, and some of you, like, maybe you grew up in a Christian home and never did anything wrong, and you're just like, I'm just super cultivated, you know? And others of you, you're just like, I need some help. You know, whatever, wherever you're at on that, could you just be open to God cultivating your heart? So his word, so his word, so his word could take root. Here, watch this. I, I, I preached on this verse a couple weeks ago, Psalm 139. Would you, would you ask him, just real, 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 real soft, um, and, uh, Bruce, um, if you could just, just have stage volume. Ask him to search your heart. Maybe you even, in this room, maybe you're just thinking, I'm pretty sure I'm clear. I'm pretty sure I've done so. Would you just say, would you just, just in the off chance that there's something there that would hinder his word? Would you just say, Lord, would you search me? Would you search me? Would you search me? Would you do this like, like, like King David in Psalm 51, the, the psalm that, that comes in a direct response to his failure with Bathsheba? If you don't know the story, look it up. David, David was like us. He was a failure. And he had to find forgiveness and repentance and and this is what he said in Psalm 51. He said, he said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Some of you, you're, you're looking at it, you're like, man, man, this is going to be, this is just too, too much work, too much. Forget about all the work right now. Would you just say, God, God, I don't even know if I can do this. Would you, would you create in me? clean heart and renew a right spirit hey Justin can you give me my other prop and mo most of this when, when you read this a lot, of, a lot of this we we kind of take this responsibility on ourselves I gotta fix it anybody any of you fixers in here I need to hire a fixer. No, just joking. Any of you fixers? 
I gotta fix this. I gotta get, get right. I gotta fix this. And, and there's some of that. There's my role and God's role. But some of the best, some of the best tools when our garden was out of control. We hooked up the hose and we just let the water run for a long time. Because that ground, man, it's hard to break up without water. You hear me? Sometimes we just stood there and just for a long time. We turned the sprinklers on, just let it go for hours, and, and then we'd come back, and now, now you can just take some of these tools, and it's like it's like easy. It's like, you know, you know, you know the best time to pull weeds? <laughs> After the rain. After the rain. Isaiah 43, verse 3 says, For I will pour water on the thirsty land in streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. He's talking about his spirit. Do you know why? I mean, we, like our, our services, like you could kind of come in and expect you're going to come in and there's going to be worship. Someone's going to share something about worship. We'll do some announcements. We're going to have a word and, and, then, and then we might have a response to that and then, and then we'll go home. But do you know, do you know there's, there's a method to our madness? You know, most of, like, there's a process. You want to know what the process is? Worship prepares our hearts to receive the word. Worship, man, there's times, there's times that, man, anxiety and stress and the worries of this life, they're so overwhelming. The only thing I could do is put on Worship. Oh God, I don't even know how to, I don't even know what to, I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know how to, and I just have to just get the hose. I just get the hose. Anybody, would that be helpful this morning? <laughs> oh man, we got to get the hose. We got to just, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit in terms of water sometimes. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For we were all baptized, which is another picture of immersion in water. We're baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to what? Drink. Drink. Any lack of spiritual growth in you and in this church isn't for lack of teaching or lack of information or lack of resources. I mean, maybe we could have another uh, delivery system of information or something. we could get creative and you guys can give me some feedback. But listen, I'm super committed to teaching the word of God. Sometimes too many scriptures. Sometimes the feedback is, Pastor, just a couple less scriptures. I'm like, all right, I can. It's not for lack of information. It's not for lack. If, if there's any... If you're sowed your life into this church, if you've been a part of this church for, for any length of period, can I just put some of the responsibility back on you, back on me, as I'm, as I'm too am, am sitting in the chair on this journey with you. Here's, here's this. It always comes back to our hearts 
that are prepared and receptive to the seed of his word. How receptive is your heart? And I imagine, what would happen if we all took this seriously? What would happen? What would happen if we took our heart seriously over the next few months, over the next 90 days, over the, over the, over the next 12 months, whatever? What if we just took, took a journey and took this seriously and got our hearts clean and, and, and cultivated with the Holy Spirit and, and we did a lot of, of time just getting the fallow ground just wet and ready? And what if, what if we did that? What would happen? What would happen if we didn't just assume anymore that our hearts were okay? What if we all did the hard work of cultivating our hearts with the Holy Spirit? I, I think this, and I'll close with this thought. I think we'd be unstoppable. <laughs> I think the kingdom of God would advance in our area. I think those kind of hearts are attractive to the presence and the power of God. Because it's about you. It's just not all about you. Imagine if we had a bunch of healed hearts in here. I'm just gonna. Would you just play for, for a minute and would you just take, take a moment here without standing, just sitting? Right now, every assignment of the enemy that would cause guilt, shame, and condemnation, we just command those voices to be silent in Jesus' name. That voice of the enemy that wants to make this whole thing seem overwhelming and unattainable, we silence that in Jesus' name. Would you just position your heart before the Lord and, and just in your own words, under your breath, say things like, God, I'm, I'm open to you changing my heart. Would you say things like, like God, I'm open to you watering my heart with your Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm open to it. Would you say things like, God, would you, uh, whatever tool you've got to use, <laughs> whatever it takes, I want my heart to be cultivated, to be prepared, to be ready, to receive the word so that there's lasting fruit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Could we stand this morning? I'm going to invite our prayer altar team workers to come forward here and they're gonna they're gonna lead us and I just want to invite you if, if this is the day for you to get it started with Holy Spirit maybe maybe that first step is coming up to the front here and letting somebody pray with you this morning you're saying, hey, there's things, there's, there's rocky places, there's thorny places. Maybe you're saying, hey, I don't know what happened, but my, my, I'm like the path. There's nothing getting in, and I recognize that, and I want help. In Jesus' name, let's worship.
we're just going to stay in this place. You can stay here as long as you need. Come forward, be in your chair, find a place in this room. If you need to get your kids, they're ready for you. And uh, do the hard work of spending time with God this week. I'll see you next week. Love you.